Hey, hey, thanks for listening to Moments with Daru podcast. And I'm your host, Modhani. This is season four, and I'm grateful that you've taken the time to listen. This season will have different conversations with remarkable guests who share their life journey, moments of overcoming dire circumstances, and lessons we can learn from them. I will also have solo episodes where I will share my thoughts on day-to-day situations, life events, or aha moments. I do all of this so that you may be inspired, encouraged, and uplifted. With that said, let's dive in. Today's guest is a Ugandan lawyer with over 13 years of experience in mergers, acquisitions, banking, and finance. She is quite passionate about legal commentary and is published in several legal practice journals. She prides in being Pan-African and is committed to driving positive conversation about the African continent. In her free time, she hosts a podcast, Viewpoints with Brenda, which features conversations with African changemakers, influencers, professionals, and entrepreneurs. Welcome onto the show, Brenda. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm pretty excited about this. Likewise, it's such an honor to connect with you and to have this conversation with you. Yeah, me too. Um, I mean, I've heard so much about you and I really love your podcast. So it's, you know, it's such an honor and a privilege for you to, to have me on. Fantastic. So before we go into a deeper conversation, tell us where you're residing currently and how are you today? Uh, so I live in Kuwait uh, and I've lived here for almost eight years now. Uh, I'm fine today. It's a nice hot day as per usual, desert summer temperatures of over 40 degrees. Um, so I'm great. How are you doing? I'm cold here in Nairobi, Kenya. I don't know why this um, season decided to be extra cold, but nonetheless, we just keep on moving forward. <laughs> so what took you yeah. to Kuwait? So um, at the time I moved to Kuwait, I, I practiced in Uganda prior for, for five years before I moved here. And at the time I decided to make the move, I had been looking for a while, you know, to move out of the Ugandan legal law space, simply because I, at that point I felt like I had probably worked on like most of the innovative transactions at the time in the market. I'd worked with like two of the biggest law firms, Kampala Associated Advocates and Sebalu and Dulay Advocates. It didn't make sense for me to move to another law firm in Uganda because, you know, at some point you don't want that reputation of, you know, law firm hopping. So when the opportunity for Kuwait presented itself, um, I, I definitely took it up. Um, it's obviously a bigger legal market and um, it's, it's, the work is very enjoyable. It's an amazing team. And yeah, so that's why I moved. It's, it was really literally, I, just, I was just looking for a bit more excitement on the career side. So what would you tell someone who is feeling stuck like you felt then on taking that leap mm. into going into a new country, a new territory, or even a new market? I think sometimes you just have to do it. You just have to start. Um, at the time, at the time I moved to, to Kuwait, I was, I think I was 30 or 31, about to turn 31. And, you know, it was, it was very uh, scary 
because this would be the first time I'm living away from my family ever. It was going to be a whole new country that I'd never been to. Um, but then at the same time, I was very conscious of what the bigger picture was. Like, you know, when I looked at the what the opportunity was presenting in terms of developing my career, it just made sense at the time to just close my eyes and, and you know, and take that leap. And I'm, I'm really glad I did. So I'd advise, like, you know, if, if, if an, a good opportunity presents itself and you've weighed the options and it makes sense, you should just do it. I agree. Just do it. Take the leap of faith and see where it takes you. But someone might yeah. be sitting somewhere listening to this and saying, oh, I mean, I'm single. I don't want to make such a drastic um, leap. How will I, mm -hmm. you know, settle down? All these questions that run through our minds when, you know, we are still trying to figure ourselves out. What, how would you address that? I'd say that sometimes you have to compartmentalize like sort of what your goals are. So, you know, sometimes things don't work out the way you want. And maybe at that point in your life, yes, you're not, you're, you're single, but then there's a great career moment. So you might take that career moment and then who knows somewhere along the road, you might meet, you know, that person. And I think it's really all about, you know, just embracing the season you're in and realizing that um, things might not work out the way you wanted them to, but eventually they could. And yeah, I guess it's just really just, you know, trying to embrace that season you're in and, uh, and uh, taking a leap of faith. I like that. Embrace the season that you're in. So to dive into your word, you chose focus. Why focus? Um, focus for me has been one of the things that has driven me from a, from a very young age. Um, I've always known what I wanted to be. By the time I was age 12, I knew that I wanted to be a lawyer. And uh, I don't know if it worked well for me in high school because I obviously didn't pay too much attention to the science subjects. But I knew from a very young age that this is, you know, this is what I wanted to be. And when I got to law school, I also knew that I really wanted to graduate with a very good degree. So you know, I always worked towards that. That was always my focus. And then the same thing when I was when I when I when I when I was uh, finished law school, I knew that I really wanted to go to a good Ivy League school. And, you know, this is exactly what I did. So it's all for, I feel like every season of my life has been a season of focus. And I think it's worked well for me for now. I like that focus and not getting distracted and not comparing your life with someone else. So right. what's the one thing that you can say that if you were not focused, um, you wouldn't have been able to handle? I guess I'd say the profession as, as, as a whole, like this profession that I'm in uh, as a lawyer, it's obviously very male dominated and it can be very daunting to look around you and there's not as many females um, who are very, you know, who are high up uh, doing the same thing that you're doing. But then also acknowledging that, the, that even amongst the few that there, there are a couple of, you know, ladies up there who are doing well and they appear to be focused. So I guess, you know, with, uh, I think if it wasn't for me just deciding that I want to make something out of my career and out of my life and focusing on that and not really being sidelined by the noise and what's going on with everybody around me, I, think, I don't think I would have achieved as much as I have so far. Well said, well said. So just to touch on what you've just mentioned, you know, the legal field is very male dominated and you find yourself you know, being very 
being in a room where you're maybe the only woman or in an office space where you're just few women, how do you um, maintain the, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, sisterhood amongst other women. How do you encourage each other to grow in your careers? Because there's a saying that goes that as women, we are our own worst enemies. So how do you navigate that? Um, so I've been very fortunate, I guess, to, to first of all, work in spaces where the women are probably as focused as myself. And there's been very little incidents of, let's say, you know, because I know sometimes people will say that, or oh, sometimes when women are very, they're not friendly towards like maybe younger females or other females in the workspace. And I haven't, I've been fortunate enough, you know, not to have experienced that. But I also think it comes from being confident in myself. Um, if there were maybe any attempts of, you know, someone maybe trying to belittle or, or any, any of that, I probably did not notice it because I, I know exactly who I am and, and, you know, and what I want out of life. So um, in terms of the sisterhood, I'm very big on mentoring because I have mentors who are female and who are amazing people. And I, do, and I also have very many mentor, mentees who are female. And I'm very, very keen. You know, we have conversations all the time and, and uh, I have a lot of young lawyers who get in touch with me and ask, you know, how to navigate certain things like, you know, frustrations in their career, just navigating a, around, uh, my friends call it the big men syndrome in the law firms and whatnot. And, and it's been an enriching experience because you also, while mentoring people, kind of find solutions, you know, sort of to your own issues. So I think the, the biggest way to build a sisterhood at the workspace is, is probably just not to view each other as competition, but maybe as complementing each other and realizing and acknowledging that everybody brings something different to the table and you really just don't have to compete with, that, with each other. You just need to complement each other. Yes, complement each other, lift each other up. And I like how you're mentoring other young professionals. How should one seek a mentor and what are the steps if there are any that they can you know follow to get a good mentor for themselves i'd say the first thing is to ask um i've had people reach out to me randomly let's say on twitter and they'll say um could i i'd like to reach out to you can i can we have a conversation i'll probably send them my email or my phone number and you know we'll have a chat every now and then and I know for most people, it's daunting because, you know, you're looking at this person, you look up to them and you really want to ask them how they've gotten through their career and you have no way of starting. But it's, as I keep saying, that the easiest thing to do is just ask, is just start. So I would, you know, just recommend for whoever's looking at a mentor, trying to reach out a mentor, to reach out to, to that person. More than half the time, they're really willing and open and actually want to pass on the knowledge that they themselves have learned or you know knowledge that's been passed on to them from another mentor so i'd say the best thing to do is firstly ask and obviously in asking you have to be professional um i think it doesn't help if you know you're going to ask and and be casual in your asking i don't know if that makes sense but you know just set out exactly in in your request, why you want this person to mentor you, what your issue is. And I, I found it very easy personally when I get a request like that and when someone just reaches out to me and says, you know what, I'm feeling very, very, very down in my career and, and I'm just trying to understand what step I should take next as a woman, you know, in, as a woman in the legal field. And it's, it's, and it's easy to take it from there. Yeah, be, be direct and clear in your request. 
vis-a-vis um, -vis someone trying to figure out what you, what you want exactly. So you say yeah, you yeah. are Pan-African. You know, we hear this right. word thrown all around. From your viewpoint, right. what is a Pan-African? From my viewpoint, um, being Pan-African is just having African solutions to, you know, to African problems. Um, there's so many ways to tell the African story. And there are so many ways that the, in which the African story is told in ways, in ways that it benefits other people other than ourselves. And there are so many ways in which our resources are, as Africans are used to benefit other people, you know, and not ourselves. And I think my biggest goal is, is you know, trying to change that narrative and trying to acknowledge that, yes, we might have problems as Africans, but at the same time, we have solutions that are homegrown. We have professionals who are African trained or maybe trained elsewhere, uh, who are doing great things on the continent and they need to be platformed and they need to be heard. And, and sometimes it's these solutions that people have, um, having had you know, that experience on the continent that will actually help with the problems. We can't have you know, um, the white saviors in quotes all the time. It can't be that for every issue we're having, we're saying, oh, but the West did this and the West did that. And yet there are things that we could do on our own if you know if we just really put our minds to it so that's my definition of of being pan-african is just having uh, just having this african spirit of of us being able to find our own solutions to our own problems i like that as you've said having the african spirit and you know having homegrown solutions but along the way you realize someone comes up with a solution that benefits the community or benefits an industry yet peers or industry colleagues don't buy in and don't support one another. And, you know, someone mm. starts operating in a silo or on an island. How do we encourage one another to collaborate, to partner, and to see each other as, you know, as peers in making sure that Africa rises up and Africa provides these solutions that are necessary for us? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I feel like this, you know, is an ongoing problem. And um, I think... With us, I think it's just going to take a lot of self-reflection, you know, to realize that we actually do have solutions to our own uh, problems and that really no man is an island. And um, we, can't, we can't always ignore what a fellow African is saying um, and, and taking what we're being told from, you know, other people. And a, an example I'll give is like out here in the diaspora, when you see another African, you're so excited. You, you have half the time you don't even care what tribe or what country they're from. You know, you're just so excited to see an African uh, person. And I feel like my spirit of Pan-Africanism has been really, really enhanced in the years that I've been abroad is just seeing that, wow, we have all this talent and we just need to harness it. As to how this is going to be harnessed, as to how we're going to dig ourselves out of this, um, as you say, islandism, you know, sort of behavior is, I, I think it's just an ongoing conversation. And hopefully um, we will just start to, to realize and acknowledge the, the, the talent that we have. Yes, it's an ongoing conversation. And as you said, it's a mind shift and it's also just mm -hmm. encouraging one another when we meet up, when we're having conversations to just, you know, encourage one another that it's not the end of the road. There's still room for us to grow and for us to improve. So to switch gears a little bit, 
if you could um, get $10 million today, what would you do with that $10 million? Oh, wow. Hmm. Probably retire. <laughs> um, but um, I feel like I'd, um, I'd want to give back, you know, to, to people who are probably less, less fortunate than me and, and who would need it. Um, I think uh, my biggest passion right now, obviously, is with women empowerment. So if there was something or some sort of organization that I could work with in, in that regard, I would definitely put, you know, some of that money towards, towards uh, an organization that works towards uh, women empowerment. I think that would be really what my passion would be if I had 10 million. I think I'd just retire and sort of work towards that goal. <laughs> I like it. Women empowerment and retiring. Right. What talent would you want to possess if you could? I wish I could sing because I'm like, I really, I like to karaoke, car karaoke, like when I'm driving home or, or driving to work or wherever. Like I love to sing, but I can't. So I really wish I could sing. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You know, to yourself, you're singing to others. Who cares if you're not holding the note? You're already singing, but I hear you. Yeah. When do you yeah. feel the most in control? Good question. I, I'd say probably, uh, and I don't know if this is sad, but probably when I'm at work, I feel like, you know, when I'm immersed in my work and, and I have a lot going on, I feel that that's when I'm really most in control. And uh, the reason being is because, you know, you kind of have these pieces that are moving, but you see how they're moving. And there's a, there's a conclusion to where you're going. So I feel like that, like if I'm immersed in, you know, work transactions, I think that's where I feel like I'm most in control. I understand you. I understand. If you would, or if you could throw away one of these two things, which one would it be? Love or money? Wow. <laughs> I have to choose, right? Yes, you have to choose. Um, probably money. Everybody needs love. Like, you know, like money, money can buy you happiness, but at the same time, you just, you know, sometimes you just need that, that um, sense of someone just being there for you. So no, I'd probably, yeah, I'd probably throw away the money. Yeah. Love is something that money cannot buy and it helps us, you know, endure each day when you know there's someone out there who loves you and supports you and cares for you. If you could um, go anywhere in the world, where would you go and why? Uh, New York, because it's, it's just my favorite city. I just love the bigness and the loudness and the culture and the diversity. It's just, yeah, I, I love New York. I think that's, that's somewhere where I just go and explore. Because I feel like every time I go, I go for something, you know, specific and I've not quite explored that city the way I'd want to. So that's one place I'd love to go. I can even see the smile on your face when you said New York, there was a smile like, yes, New York. <laughs> Absolutely. Favorite, favorite city. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What are your dreams and ambitions? What are my dreams and ambitions? Um, I'd say really, because um, I'd really love to be partner in a law firm one day. Um, I'd love to obviously um, just excel where, where, you know, where I'm at. And I'd also love to, you know, just keep mentoring uh, young girls and see, 
and see them, you know, improve themselves and dig deep and, and, and embrace their talent. I guess that's really what my core dream and ambition is, is to just see, you know, a better, uh, a better space for women. And obviously to see my whole Pan-African dream come true and just see like better conversations about Africa and uh, just to just dream, you know, towards this one day that, you know, we'll all embrace the talent and the solutions that we have for our continent. I like that. And if your younger self was seated across you right now, what would you tell her? Wow. I just tell her, you know, what, don't worry. Everything is going to work out just fine. <laughs> this is really what I'd tell my younger self. I think I had so many moments of um, self-doubt, especially when I was in my late 20s. Uh, and, you know, you're just not seeing an end to, to the cycle you're in. And uh, I, I feel like in my 20s, I, I was doing well. You know, I had a good job and in a good firm and all that. But you know when you're just feeling like all your life is about routine and uh, uh, not seeing an end and wondering, you know, what, what, what your passion is. I think for a long time, I really did not know that. I was very, as you see, that's why my word is focused, focused on my work and my career. And I like that over the last decade or so that, you know, I've really grown more into myself. I know more about myself than I could have ever dreamt I would, you know, I would at 20, let's say 28. I don't think I, I ever envisioned that I'd be where I am right now. So I think I'd definitely tell my younger self that, you know, things are going to work out fine and you should not worry and you're going to find yourself and you're going to find your voice and you'll be okay. Yes, we eventually find our voices. It eventually becomes okay. And I agree with you. And for me, my younger self is like, oh my gosh, what will happen? What does the future hold? And it's just like, it's okay. Everything will work out. Mm -hmm. So how do you want to be remembered? Wow. That's a, that's a tough question. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. I'd like to be remembered as, uh, as a champion for women and as a champion for Africa. I think... And I know this is, I know, like, you know, I know that the way I speak about Africa is in so general terms and it sounds, you know, very generalistic and whatnot, but this is really what I'd like to, to be remembered for is just, you know, um, someone who was very, very, very keen on, on fighting for women's rights and women empowerment and also just somebody who's been keen on changing conversation on Africa. I like that phrase you've said, champion for Africa. What do you see for Africa? What do you see for women? What do you see for youth in this moment? I feel very encouraged. Um, I think there's a whole generation out there that just knows exactly what they want from life. There's a whole generation that's not going to be like me who's going to take off from the continent <laughs> and who are willing to do everything it takes. You know, when I look at the level of entrepreneurship, for instance, with the uh, young Africans who are like between 20 to let's say 28, the, the level to which they've embraced e-commerce, for instance, the level of innovation, um, I think it's amazing. And, and the fact that this, this is happening across genders is also very, very encouraging for me. So I really see a bright, at the risk of generalizing again, I see a very bright future, future for the continent. We have so much talent, we have so many resources, and it's really up to, I really feel probably the generation behind us that's going to take up the mantle of making, you know, it a better place for everybody. Yes, the youth are really passionate about 
starting their own enterprises, living loud, living bravely. And yes, it's up to us to create spaces for them to thrive and truly to just embrace ourselves as Africans. We are not a mistake and we're so rich with resources. So in closing, is there anything else that you'd like to share that you haven't shared yet? Um, I, I guess my, I think really is just to encourage, especially any like young female lawyer out there, is to just probably just be patient with yourself and, and you know, just stay focused. Uh, I love that word. I think you can tell. <laughs> but I'd really just encourage any young, particularly female uh, lawyers, because obviously we start into this profession at a disadvantage, um, is just be patient with yourself, stay focused, keep your eye on the prize. And all the things you're working for, eventually you're going to come to, you're, you're going to see them come to fruition. So that's really what I'd like to say, mainly, especially to the young female lawyers. All right. And your podcast, Viewpoints with Brenda, how can someone listen to it? What's the essence of it? Well, thank you very much for, for, for bringing up Viewpoints. So um, the essence of Viewpoints is just, um, I try and highlight uh, conversations with, with, great, with people who are doing great things on the African continent. Um, it's really a wide variety of topics. It could be a change maker, an influencer, professional, you know, who's doing some, who's doing something great on the continent that just needs amplifying or just needs a platform. And you can listen to Viewpoints with Brenda. It's available on every single uh, podcast directory that, that uh, you can think of. Or, you know, you could follow me on Twitter, which is uh, at Kasabiti, K-A-S-A-B-I-I-T-I or viewpoints by BN on Twitter and on Instagram. So that's the easiest way to keep up with, with the podcast. Fantastic. All the best with it. And I will be cheering you on as you be a champion for Africa, as you create a space to empower more women and more women lawyers. And I just wish you all the best, Brenda. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me. All right, dear listeners, I hope you've gotten a few words that you can hold on to. For me, it's be patient with yourself and stay focused. Do not remove your eyes from the prize. So until next time, stay safe. Mm -hmm.